Hey guys, it's Heather. Uh, I'm recording the introduction to this podcast from my luxurious studio apartment. Uh, So the next two weeks, we're doing something kind of different. It's a two-part episode uh, with my guest, Lisa For Real. Um, We are discussing narcissism, and specifically narcissism as a form of abuse as it's used in relationships. Uh, So my friend, who I've known for quite a while, Lisa... Um, we both are familiar with this subject because both of us, unfortunately, uh, you know, had the pleasure of dating malignant narcissists. So, um, we do have some firsthand knowledge of, uh, this subject and we do discuss a lot of resources. I will be posting some links to books as well as articles that we reference, Um, one good resource to always take advantage of is a blog called Baggage Reclaim. Uh, there's a lot of interesting, uh, stuff on that website that'll help you just like not only recover from, you know, a relationship with somebody who may have been, you know, emotionally abusive, but, um, it'll help you, you know, just like work on yourself and like think about, how to avoid relationships with people who may be emotionally unavailable or help you look for red flags. Um, oh, that's another thing. There's a, there's a book I like called uh, The Big Book of Red Flags. And um, it basically just talks about like all the sorts of red flags you should be looking for in dating relationships. It's a really helpful book, um, kind of written with a sense of humor, but, um, there is some helpful stuff in there. And I've, you know, after like going on dates with some guys, like I've looked through the book and just realized like, wow, yeah, I'm seeing red flags way easier than I ever thought before. Um, cause that's something I've been bad at in the past. Um, and now that I've gotten better at it, I don't want to find myself in the sort of situation I was in, uh, when I was dating an extremely narcissistic, narcissistically abusive person. Um, And if you're not familiar with narcissistic abuse, um, it's a form of abuse that is largely misunderstood by people. Um, I would say that the best comparison I would give it is to the sort of stuff that uh, Chloe Dykstra was describing in her Medium article um, about her former boyfriend, um, who may or may not have been uh, Chris Hardwick. Um, she just described a lot of emotional abuse, gaslighting, uh, things of that nature. So that's the type of abusive relationship that we're discussing in these podcasts. Uh, so it's a two part episode. Uh, the next part will be up next week. Um, I don't have a lot of shows coming up in LA, but I will be in Portland at the end of the month from July 26th to July 30th. So check out uh, those shows, the dates for those or on my website, unrulymarulli.com. And uh, yeah, all of the social media stuff will be on the website as well as the links. I'll put them in the description of the podcast. Take care, guys. Hello, uh, it's Heather coming to you live from the Comedy Store Podcast Studio. We have a very uh, special subject in here today. And I think this podcast is going to help a lot of people. I've been really thinking about doing a podcast just especially focused on this topic. And you'll see what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But it is related to uh, relationships and relationship dynamics and a psychological problem that I think a lot of people are suffering from these days. And I have a guest with me. Uh, Her name is Lisa for real.
And she's right here. Ashante, Heather's listeners. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Um, so, yeah, I, I figured you would be the person best to help me out with this because we've talked about this subject at length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we both have personal experience with it. Indeed. And what that subject is, I mean, we're talking about narcissism and abusive narcissistic relationships. Ooh, it's very... Uh, particular type of abuse uh, yeah and it's here it's very difficult to understand if you have not experienced it so a lot of people right a lot of people disregard abuse anyway yes and and victim blame and yes. and, and I know. think it's very timely that we're talking about this right now because oh, yes. I've seen you know with um I guess we're in the midst still of I guess people are calling it the me too movement mm-hmm. um we're still in the middle of it. Like more things are coming out every day. I saw something today about Chris Matthews. There's a hardball joke in there, right? Hmm. <laughs> he's playing. Woo. He's playing um, hardball with his. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. Well, wait. Let's throw a disclaimer first, though. Yeah. Okay. Heather and I are both heterosexual ladies who have been in relationships yes. with heterosexual. Uh, men. Pen- penis havers. I wouldn't call them men. They're boys. Okay, yes. But whatever. Anyway, penis havers. And um, so that's our experience. And we will speak in the oh, yeah. heteronormative. Oh, and then we're also, but, before we get into things all no. even further, I also have another disclaimer. Oh, okay. Is I, that well, neither of us is, you know... A, a psychology expert right like we that, don't have yes. degrees in psychology yes. we are not psychologists right we, um we just have personal experience and um and anyway wait so finish my disclaimer yeah uh these kind of abusers can come in any flavor any sexuality or whatever right um so like a lot of times when you see these things they are centered around like the man being the abuser no women can certainly be abusive and and they do it in different ways and i'm not familiar with that right we don't the mo of of that type of abuser we don't know but so we're specifically discussing in a heteronormative relationship yes a heterosexual woman with a heterosexual boy (laughs) (laughs) not boy man child man child we'll Um, say that yeah that's but but just you know just to be clear anybody could be an asshole okay and yeah that's um, important some people kind of feel left out when you say or they get offended when you're saying he all the time Mm -hmm. so just want to say yeah yeah it could be anyone and there's and there's the other dynamic uh that i don't have experience with but there's uh, narcissistic parents, and that's a whole other thing, and that's it's very interesting stuff. But um, we'll talk about that because yeah, I have yeah, a, I do. had a narcissistic parent. Yeah, and that yeah. So we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, and then the other thing with regard to the Me Too movement, um, yeah, I just think this is something that people should be hearing because I've seen a ton of victim blaming going on. Yeah, I was actually, and this is gonna, I, you're not gonna believe this. Okay, get ready for this. Great. <laughs> so I was in I was in a class that I'm taking the other night and uh oh somebody gave a presentation on defamation. Okay, it's a law class. And <laughs> during this presentation, this woman, okay, she actually brought up the topic of, you know, how Russell Simmons is being accused of yeah. allegedly raping. I don't know how many women it is now. At least 3 or 4. Oh, really? Yes. So this woman, she actually says and th- and this is, you know, I'm not saying this woman is the only person doing this. I'm saying this is an example of how our culture 
likes to victim blame and try to say that, um, you know, women who accuse people of rape are lying. And th- and this just prolongs the problem of why people don't say anything. Right. Right. So she actually says, well, Russell Simmons couldn't possibly be a rapist because he's so spiritual. She, this is a legit thing she said. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I actually was the only person in class to raise my hand. Oh, you did. And ask why she thought that. I also asked what her opinion was on Russell Simmons defending Bill Cosby, who, you know, he hasn't been proven in a court of law to be a rapist, but he has been accused of how many women now? Over 60, I think. Is it? Between 50 and 60. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's he definitely did it. (laughs) I mean, I, I have no bones about saying that. So I asked her. What is your opinion on Russell Simmons defending Bill Cosby in the press? And then also, did you read this other story about how Russell Simmons emailed Terry Crews, telling Terry Crews not to publicly accuse his sexual abuser? Because it could ruin that guy's career. Now, these are two things (laughs) that set off red flags, right? But then this woman, in her presentation, goes on another tangent about how... Well, if something happened to a woman, why didn't she say something about it immediately? Okay. Yeah. And that is an, that is just a fragment of the type right. of victim blaming that is going around that right now. That is a whole huge can of worms. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, like we can't get into all of the, no, <laughs> the details that, That's, that's a topic for another day that yeah. <laughs> perhaps we should uh, do that, even if it's in your luxurious apartment. Yeah, you my know. luxurious studio apartment. Right. Um, yeah, but see... So that is just a figment of what is happening out there with the way people think about abuse and the way, um, because don't you think, I mean, internalized misogyny, I mean, that's a real thing. Oh, you know what? I I think only just the past few years I've understood that about myself. Yeah, I have, I have, I've noticed that I have these strange tendencies to defend men in situations that are indefensible. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's yeah. part of that too, I think. Well, yeah, then you know, yeah, part of kind of being a woke white lady. Um, but yeah, kind of growing and, and learning and and this this is stuff that, you know, for example, like it's not that easy for a woman to walk down the street at night for very, you know, basic right. example. It, you're always like, "Oh shit, it, what's over here? What's over there?" Yeah. And and we are, have all accepted this as just a fact of life mm-hmm. when really it's like, no, that's fucking bullshit. It shouldn't be. And I mean, and it's still obviously a huge issue and it's our responsibility to. And, and I mean, I am taking that responsibility, but I've only like, you know, relatively recently understood like that's fucked up. And it's so weird because like the whole take back the night movement was what, in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s. And we're still fucking talking about this. Like nothing has changed. Yeah. And no- obviously we, you, there are predatory people out there and that's yes. that. But but then the other side of that is most sexual assaults and rapes are by someone you know, not yes. the guy in the bushes. I That's mean, right. we're we're always self aware of the guy in the bushes, and yeah, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know, you know what the statistic is, but I mean, that that also goes yeah. for any any type of abuse. It's more likely going to be by somebody you know. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, and that you, <laughs> I told you the other day about this about how, and here's another example of why women don't report things. Okay, so did I, I told you about when I was in the public library and a guy oh, yeah. approached me with his cell phone and was like taking pictures of me? It was so weird. 
And I, I went to report it to the security at the library. And one of the security guards, like, laughed at me. Yeah, that's messed up. He laughed at me. Like, I mean... And, and so that's that's why women don't report things. Oh, yeah, because no one takes you seriously Nobody, anyway. Nobody's yeah. going to take you... That's the way it feels. No, It feels like nobody's going to take you seriously. Or, well, I mean, at the very basic thing it's gonna be a he said she said thing and you know right. in some situations that's what's interesting about all these allegations coming out against people when there are multiple women and they always follow a pattern like weinstein totally had a pattern the shower thing the oh yeah thing. there's like a whole mo with yeah, a lot of these and, guys and ck with the the jerking off and all right. that's so like every like they have hotel their, room their, masturbation yeah they yeah. have their um their sexual proclivities can i say that Pro- proclivities proclivities um and there's nothing wrong with you having a fetish or whatever that's not it but like when you're kind of forcing it on someone else that's a different thing i mean here's the thing like these guys i'm sure could find people to voluntarily fuck them so like of course so it's a power thing i mean yes. you know sexual assault, any man like, with money just... can easily hire a prostitute yeah if or and or even if you don't want to because you find shame in that or whatever like there's there's still plenty of like thirsty bitches will hop on that dick right okay that was not nice but you know what i'm saying like they they it's right. it's not difficult it's not no it it's less sexual and more about power right yeah mm-hmm. yeah well yeah for sure with harvey weinstein yeah and sure, then even but... her, going back to the what the woman in my class was saying about russell simmons you know she and she was like well but he's you know he's like a hip-hop mogul <laughs> it's like so what no but like people worship thing. money and power in this right. country and, well, and i think the worship of money and power is what led to you know people being exploited constantly oh yeah you know yeah. it's it's people we, in yeah. positions of power who are set up to take advantage of the weak well yes and here yeah and I, they I, have people protecting them and that's, look at all the people who were protecting weinstein basically oh, yeah they were all complicit in this oh yeah oh yeah you know i mean and, and that's I'm, not to say i mean a lot of them were probably i mean he was extremely like what like verbally and emotionally abusive right so right, he was yeah, probably yeah. keeping them a lot of these people like in fear Oh yeah! You know. Did you see? I remember I sent you that Google Doc list that someone put out, um, and one of the people in there, the most of them were like actresses, right? But there were some um, like Miramax employees and stuff. Yes. Well, some that were, um, you know, sexually harassed. But then there was right. one uh, section that was speaking just about kind of the the general atmosphere working at Miramax right in like 20 years ago it was like a culture of fear yeah it was very sounded terrible absolutely I mean it it's and but then this is your job and and maybe otherwise you liked your job actually a a few years ago I had a boss who um who was so horrible to work for I would drive there every morning in my car and I'd be crying in the car oh, on the way to work because I was anticipating how bad it was going to be Yeah, because this guy loved to yell. He loved to throw things. He told people they were stupid. Um, if you made even the slightest mistake, you know, you were a fucking idiot. Fuck this. Fuck that. He would like throw files, <laughs> stuff like that. Chairs. Well, here's uh, the thing. And he was abusive. Like, yeah. And, and you know, and he had, uh, I don't want to get too into details, but, you know, he had the office manager basically like sort of like in this, like she was like an abused woman basically. Oh, yeah. And like protecting yeah. him. Oh. Very yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That happens because um, she was afraid for her job too. But yes. that's that's also where when you see like 
okay, for example, you know, Roy Moore's wife, like, right. That woman is abused, okay? And I'm pretty sure. And but mm-hmm. they maybe come again. With, disclaimer: We are not psychology experts. This is Stockholm syndrome, okay? But all can we both say that we've both been in therapy? Yeah, yeah. So we have experience in psychotherapy. <laughs> and yeah, actually, I think when I put up this put up this episode, I'm going to post links to resources for people who yeah, may be there seeking are a lot therapy. Of great resources in the Los Angeles there. area. There's therapy, and then there are also um, I've found lots of books and internet resources. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about some um, of these books YouTube, that are really helpful. Uh, resources, believe it or not, there are a lot of people on YouTube talking specifically yeah. about this, and and it's really really helpful. Yeah. So and if, if also, anybody yeah. listening to this is in a situation situation like this there there's so much help out there that you can get your yeah, hands on it, through the, the library the hard, you know the hardest part is getting started mm-hmm. with with getting out and getting help right and and then also if it's if it's a boss or a family member your parent whatever that's a little different and some people have gotten to the point where they have to cut those people out of their life like their yes. parent or or someone in their family that's and right as much as that hurts mm-hmm. you have to do it because yeah it's just going to keep grading on you and until you can get yourself in a position that you know if you're going to be around that person it's not gonna affect you so terribly yeah because one of the most toxic things i see repeatedly on our society is this idea that because of somebody is your family that you you know you have to have them in your life and you have to respect them listen somebody can be in your family somebody can be a parent a sibling an aunt an uncle a cousin and they can be abusive okay that doesn't mean you need to have them in your life. And I'm talking especially about parents. Okay. I think people get way too caught up if they have a toxic parent. They're like, oh, but I can't cut them out of my life. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But that's where that Stockholm syndrome comes in again. Yeah, it, you love it's about them protecting even though, yourself. Even though they make you miserable. I, I know somebody whose wife is uh, in that situation. Her parents are not nice people. And right. she, this, this poor woman is... Um, gonna be on antidepressants for the rest of her life uh, and you know maybe there's obviously something else going on with her that she's gonna need the antidepressants anyway but from what I've been told if she were to cut her family out of her life no she would miss them terribly and that's why she can't do it it's it's that mm-hmm. terrible dynamic that she's stuck with but like until they mm-hmm. die or something she's gonna be in this type of prison Right. You know, and they just had a baby. And I'm just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Right. And both of us have been in that type of situation, like a prisoner type situation. It's a very, yeah, it's very It's like a prison of the mind. It is. It is indeed. And there's a lot of psychology about that. And that Mm -hmm. also, so like, you know, you want to say this abuser, this narcissistic abuser did all these things to me. And that's true. And that's, that is not cool. But what is my part in this? And right. that is just as important. Right. Because there, there are subconscious parts that we play oh, there's a that lot, we, we yeah. have no awareness of. Yeah. And then once you are, you're like, holy until shit. you are yeah. aware. Of it. And it's, it's, it's yeah. just very, um, yeah, you don't understand what's going on while right. it's going on. And then, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I think this serves. Yeah. So the stuff we just talked about, I guess that's kind of a primer of what we're going to go into. So I so we're going to start out by talking about exactly what narcissism is. And I'll have you talk about this. Oh, OK. Let's let's do you it. Know. Because well, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about yes. what narcissism is versus like somebody with narcissistic right. personality disorder. That, yes. Because everybody yeah. is narcissistic to a degree. OK. Yes. they And, and that's that's a, a thing like um, 
we think of narcissism as like um, people on Instagram who take a lot of selfies, and yeah, there's some of that there, and sure. just really kind of being into your looks or whatever. And yes, there's some of that there. There's but uh, narcissism exists on a spectrum, right? And you know, you, yeah, you do need some. There's healthy, I guess, healthy quote narcissism um, as. Pete Holmes says on the You Made It Weird and, podcast. And it is healthy he to says, have a certain level called, of narcissism. Yes, yes. it's called uh, enlightened self-interest, meaning in my interpretation of that mm-hmm. is you better take care of yourself because ain't nobody else going to do it. Exactly. And, it's looking out for yourself, right, protecting you yourself. Know, and that's, you know, that's all, all the Valuing bas- yourself yeah. enough to know that you deserve. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the basic Maslow good stuff. Treatment. Yes. And then, but the, at the top of that is where most of us, like the top two sections are where most of us are having problems. Of with. Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. Of needs. Yes. yes. And, and, um, I don't know. It, so there's, there's that. So you have like, okay, I'm going to make myself some healthy food. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do all these things I need to do for myself. And then you get more and more pe- uh, narcissistic traits all the way to NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. And mm-hmm. that's like a very toxic person, basically. And um, the thing is, um, these narcissists, they actually really hate themselves. Oh, yeah. It's very low self-esteem, but right. the way that it's It's a disorder that's derived from extremely low self-esteem. Yeah, and and the jury's still out about where this comes from. Um, some people say it's from abuse and neglect in childhood. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that, yes, that's true. I mean, it definitely is related to childhood. Everything that forms a human personality is it oh, goes yeah. back to childhood. Oh, yeah, of directly. course. Yeah, and, yes. and then, and, but then there are other... Um, people who have these traits who were not abused but they were spoiled okay yeah um and you know their parenting dynamic whatever and then you know perhaps maybe there are also um just you were born that way and that's you know and like um psychopathy which is not the same thing although from what i've read um psychologists kind of don't all agree on what is the difference between narcissistic personality disorders, sociopathy, and psychopathy. But there are some overlapping traits. Um, psychopaths aren't necessarily violent, but they have uh, a lot of, uh, you know... They're unable abuse. to empathize. Oh, yeah. But narcissists kind of have the same problem. Mm-hmm. And um, But interestingly, in a, gra- a brain scan of uh, people who are psychopaths, Uh, You know, in a normal brain scan, there's a lot of, like, colors that are highlighting certain regions and and activity uh, and such. And in a psychopath, there's a large part of their brain that is blank. It's gray Mm -hmm. on those scans. It's very interesting. Right. Um, So so in that case, you know, I don't know if you're born that way. Maybe you hit your head. I don't know. Um, So we don't know where it came from. And the thing is, is there a cure? Not really, because narcissists will never admit to themselves that they have a problem. So Mm -hmm. they're not likely to seek therapy. And even if they do, because it's that is so true. If it's court ordered. They're, I think or, they're the least likely segment oh, of yeah. the psychologically affected population to seek therapy. My yes. uh, abusive ex-boyfriend, um, he went to, he said he'd gone to therapy and then I not, you know, I didn't ask anything about it because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't being nosy, you know, whatever. But then later on he brought it up again. It was um, a hypnotherapist. Oh god. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that is invalid, but I but knowing what I know about him now, I don't know why he went to the hypnotherapist, but he's very, you know, 
look, there's one thing, there's something to be said about trying to improve yourself, yes. But when you're trying to improve yourself because you're trying to get in girls' pants, or and really that's what I believe is his huge motivation. Right. You know, um, it's a little different. Uh, but anyway, they're not likely to go to therapy. If they're forced to go to therapy, they'll fuck with the therapist in whatever way that makes them feel like they're winning um, or, or just going through the motions, whatever it is. Uh, so... That's that's kind of a thing. Um, right. And then so they they hate themselves so much. So they create this like outer uh, personality image, whatever you want to call a it. Mask. The, the, yes, the mask, the yeah. false, false self. Right. They present something yeah. to others yeah. that they are not. And this is this is what you can say about Russell Simmons or a lot of people there there are a lot of actually sure. like religious figures uh who they or of course even if it's just in your community your small town your your pastor yes. there or whatever he's he's this great guy a man about town and yes. then at home he's like he's raging like m- mad yep. on his family yep and no one will believe the family because he's exactly. this great guy yes you know? the, the narcissist i dated had he cultivated an image for himself where you know he was like socially you know woke and right all this sort of stuff and he would post all this stuff about like you know how he admires mlk and and malcolm x and caesar chavez and people like that and that's the image he portrayed yeah. you know on on facebook and yeah and and he, <laughs> and everybody thinks he's just like this great guy and i know in my head that he's not <laughs> And it, it's amazing. It it totally fits like the psychological profile of what we're talking about is somebody wearing a mask yeah. to portray something that they are not. I mean, it's I think it's obviously, you know, this guy better than I do. But right. I, I feel like it's valid that he um, admires MLK. Why wouldn't you? I but about that. but <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if he's said things uh, behind closed doors. I don't. But I mean. There, there are people that, yeah, they, they, they kind of maybe do care about this or that. But here's the thing, though, with with the heterosexual guys, they're all misogynists. They, they all are, you know. And I've read this. You mean the narcissist? So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, a narcissist, heterosexual male, all of them. Um, they, they have, you know, and any misogynist has like this weird, uh, weird uh, push pull weird thing with women where yes. they they hate us but they still want to fuck us. Sure. And and I listen. I understand. Everybody wants to fuck. Well, and this but... goes back to a childhood thing that they yeah, talk about in yeah. the formation of narcissism. I've read this before. Is that um, well, I think especially in the case of the guy that I dated, like his his mother basically treated him like, and this is so weird. Like she treated him like you know she would call him like my little king and all this stuff like she like she gave him like high worship and i think in a way she also treated him sort of like a um this is where it gets weird like there pete holmes has talked about this like sort of like emotional incest type thing oh you know where she you kind of treat the child like more like they're your romantic partner than like a child and you seek them yeah. to give you like oh, re- emotional a, needs to oh, meet your emotional yeah. needs. I think that happens a lot. Um, yeah, with mothers. Um, I yeah, and then it's it's a. I think the way you grow up in that is, yeah, you're gonna turn out with some issues. Sure, uh, but uh, you know, I have to say, uh, my ex boyfriend as well. I I met his parents a couple of times. Uh, 
his mother and his stepdad. Very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, mean seemingly outwardly. Right. Well, they were very nice to me. Like, okay. They gave me Christmas presents and they'd only met me once. And I was like, holy shit, you guys. Thank you. I mean, it's nothing to them. And, and there's there's a lot of motivation behind giving gifts to people. Let's let's be real. But there is. But I didn't sense any of that there. I just felt like they were really nice people. Um, I, I think like his mother um, was like... Uh, community college instructor and stuff so I think like she had a lot of career stuff going on Mm -hmm. now maybe I don't know what happened when he was a kid although it sounds like he was kind of a weird kid too like I like if he he was born that way or whatever but um like I guess he didn't speak until he was three or something Mm -hmm. and whatever man but like if if that if it comes like you know you had something going on in your brain i don't know but but then again if his if he was spoiled and by the way he hates his mother if anyone ever hates their mother and you you don't see a valid reason like Uh she like if she was a raging alcoholic who uh beat them like that's a valid reason to not want to like have contact but she didn't have any outwardly he never mentioned negative traits that you knew of well i mean i'm I just, think, I it just—it seemed like he irrationally hated her. Right. Okay. That's what I'm saying, and that's—that's. That's, but I think that's a common thing with these narcissists. Like they really have an issue with their mother for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's some Freudian shit, yes. maybe too. I don't yes. know. But but what my point is this. Right. If you come across a man who hates his mother, walk away because it, he's gonna—it's gonna come to you next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It, and I've read that, and or I've heard that in the past, and I was like. I just it, I didn't yeah. didn't occur to yeah. me. Yeah, my ex boyfriend. Yeah. I know he didn't hate her, but I knew he was resentful of her because mm-hmm. uh, his parents got divorced at a young age. Yeah, and she made him move to. I don't want to give away too many. De- they moved to another country, right? And he was raised there, and he and he said that that ruined his life. Whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying that's like a small insight into what was going on there psychologically. Yeah, something with the mother. Like, yeah, they need to work that out, too, mm-hmm. amongst themselves. But, like, I could never understand why, like, he just did not like his mother. Right. And and just, like, say all these mean things. And also what he said, what was really weird, um, he said, like, oh, to her, I can do no wrong. And I'm like, mm. well. I I see, but why would you complain about that? I mean, even though you know, what I mean, it's a very it's twisted. I don't. I, don't I know, know. <laughs> it is. It's, so it's let's twisted. talk about some more okay. some more traits. So when you're dealing like with a person who's toxic in this way, they're first of all, yeah, they can't empathize with you. Mm-hmm. They they just you know cannot. Uh, right. You know, for for my example. Um, I was uh, a couple years ago diagnosed with a lifelong autoimmune disease um, and no, it's type one diabetes, you know, it fucking sucks. But mm-hmm. I and he was the first person I told just because it was that same day and we we're eating dinner, like sitting on the couch watching TV or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, by the way, you know, and he he didn't even like look at me. He's just like, well, lots of people live with it. That's what he said to me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting like any fawning or anything like mm-hmm. that. I don't need that. But I did think it was kind of weird. And then sure. everyone, all my other friends that I told and stuff, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, dude. Like, oh, you know, you know just really that kind of a reaction. And, right. you know, I was like. Kind then, of like indifference. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, but in, part of it is the indifference. And, and then sometimes I kind of want to think that 
it's it's like I'm not gonna validate you. Like he would never validate me. Validate I, your feelings. Yeah, and emotions. I don't like. Yes. I'm not a person who seeks external validation. I'm okay, but mm-hmm. in that regard. But if I'm telling you something that's kind of vulnerable, um, yeah. I at least want you to say, "Yeah, man, that sucks." Yeah, I one time I told him, you know, some personal stuff about my past, whatever. That it wasn't. It's like not a big deal, but it's still emotional, yes. and I'm crying and stuff. He's like. Oh well, that doesn't sound so bad. Oh God! You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and so to me, it's like if you everything you really, you're saying is sounding very familiar, right? To me. Like you can't. <laughs> like I said, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not seeking like, oh, it'll be okay, bear hug, whatever. Like that would be nice, but I'm. It's it's just like, I guess more. I I don't want you to say so what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's human. I think that's all of us would just you know like someone to acknowledge like, yeah, that was shitty. And and that's that's all you have to say. Yeah, that was shitty. Not oh, so what, you know. Right. That, so I don't know. That's and that's so that's a thing that can happen. Um, sense of entitlement. Holy shit. And that you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of that in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think with these people, it's you know, it's a sense of entitlement is huge. And I, I think there's like a huge outgrowth of that from like social media. Oh for some yeah, reason. yeah. I I well I. I don't, that's a whole that's another one so they one. so narcissists they want special treatment and obedience from others yeah yeah to. they yeah. yes they think they're better than everyone else mm-hmm. and yet they hate themselves right and they want to be so better it's than like a else. constant yeah. contradiction oh yeah and the part of them that hates themselves that could be buried very deep within it, them. i think what it is is there's um from what I've read, there's a lot of shame in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have some shame and it sucks. And that, and part of that is like, look, we all right. grew up in this fucked up culture. We all have our issues with stuff that kind of has been forced on us in a way, I suppose. Yeah. But um, there is there is some. But their denial, it, it's like they're not able to be self-aware like you or I for some reason. Yeah, and I think also like self awareness comes with age too. Like someone who's True. twenty years old has no fucking clue. Right. And I don't. And I'm not. I'm not gonna blame them for that. Like that's just that's life, man. Like and so you're gonna hopefully grow and learn about life and people and yourself and and you know be a fully full, formed adult one of these years. Now some people it takes a lot longer, um, but I think for these people it will never happen. Um, yeah, they uh, also. Um, yeah he wants to be a director you know fine like there's nothing wrong with pursuing something that interests you Mm -hmm. personally i don't think he has any talent and (laughs) also though listen if you're gonna try and like write stories and stuff right but you don't have empathy good fucking Mm -hmm. luck man you know you're not gonna write anything that's that is worthwhile it's all gonna be like egocentric stuff or whatever so sure i mean i don't and I'm not saying that just because, like, I don't like this person anymore. But when, like, when we were first dating and he had, like, he, you know, he had a normal job also because we all got to pay the bills. Um, but he, you know, he had finished some short film because he seems to think that he's going to make some awesome short film and it's going to get him hired to be a uh, director of a major Hollywood movie, right? Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's delusional. Right. So. I mean, because... I, I, <laughs> that's a whole other delusional right, problem. exactly, but that's that grandiosity. <laughs> right, oh, you yeah. Know, the grand, that, you know? And so, like, this film, I was like, you know, he, he kind of yelled at me for not, like, praising him about it. I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I really didn't feel like it was. I know that shit takes a lot of work. Like it's very 
oh my god it's a lot of work to make a, yeah. anything but i honestly didn't think it was that great but i didn't have the heart to tell him mm-hmm. but i wasn't gonna like pump him up falsely either right you know what i mean like and and so i was just like yeah good job that's pretty cool you know whatever and he wants specific feedback and stuff he told me that before too like like he would text me and and tell me something and i would text back like yay smiley face thumbs up whatever and then like one time he's oh well my friends actually give me feedback blah, 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 blah. they don't just go uh, thumbs up and i'm like i figured we would talk about it later i'm not trying to write a novel on a text message i mean yeah you know but complaining about my lack of uh you know i don't they kind of want you to read their mind right <laughs> so okay so what's another trait that we're dealing okay, with okay so he said uh, grandiosity, fixated on fantasies of power, success, intelligence, attractiveness, etc. Yes, I'm reading a list. Right. Um, they think they're unique and superior. Mm-hmm. Um, and they oh they want oh they want to be associated with yes. high status people yeah. and institutions. Yeah. That's and a huge so, one. Yeah, and so I think when they initially start dating someone, they they do believe this person is higher status, whatever that means, even if it's just like you're pretty or something. Right. Like that it reflects on them. Your arm candy. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, they want to show off somebody, but eventually that's going to wear off. Right. You know, and or maybe you um, have a, a really good job in their industry. And so that, you know, if I'm hanging out with this person uh, who, who you know, is, is I think this is especially important whatever, you know? to where we live. We live oh, in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, I think people here are a lot, there's a lot of narcissists here. I mean, this city attracts them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the idea of wanting to be associated with high status people and institutions, I mean, that's huge here. Oh, yeah. And then also my ex-boyfriend, like he was obsessed with like, you know, he would say things like, well, I mean, this is when he was starting to devalue me. But when we first started going out, you know, he was like, oh, my God, you're an amazing woman, blah, blah, blah. And then it like it totally flips. Oh, yeah. And then and then he was saying stuff like, well, you know, I don't know why you think you're so special. You know, I've been with so many like amazing women who are better than you and more beautiful than you. Wow. And, yes. Yeah. No, that's typical. Uh huh. I didn't have something that strong, yeah. but. And he was also like a name dropper. Like he loved yeah. to drop names oh, yeah. about people who oh, he yeah. had yeah. hung out with. And he would like post pictures of himself with like, you know, like actors or people that he met. And yeah. I, and, and that's like so typical in LA where people will like, they'll post a picture of themselves with somebody famous. I mean, some people I think are genuinely to excited to, <laughs> yeah, to have met this person and they, whatever that's my beef with social media is it's yeah a lot i know of bullshit, but he but... would make it seem like you know he w- he was like friends with so-and-so oh. and, and it's like no you're not okay, like yeah you're, like that's you live in different. this tiny studio apartment in santa monica yeah, like man. you are not who you think you are that's different like yeah. he was so delusional about that sort of thing wow well okay that so that's um what you were just talking about though how the things he would say to you that's like the love bombing stage where right when you, you know well but no yeah. we're gonna get into that oh, we okay. have to finish up the oh, traits okay, the and traits. then we'll go into I was like, the side note okay whatever <laughs> the um, actual example okay here it is here's this needing continual admiration from others okay here's the thing about narcissists they're addicts and their drug of choice is attention mm-hmm. or the scientific term is narcissistic supply so any attention right. positive yes. or negative which is why they fuck with you if you're just sitting there uh chilling 
watching TV, whatever, they're not getting any attention. So then they might say something mean to you or do something to piss you off or whatever, because even if you're yelling at them, even though like we see that as negative, they're still getting attention. Right. So when you want to like... If you, so any form of attention positive any, or yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you need to do, if you're trying to get away from, from them, uh, maybe this comes at the end, but you have to be the boringest fucking person ever. If right. you, if like, if you, for example, run into him at Vons or something, right, mm-hmm. you have to be like so fucking boring. Don't give him any information. You don't, you want to tell him off. You want to say, fuck you. You're a fucking piece of shit. All these things to make you feel better about yourself because like we all have this need to be right, but sometimes you got to like bypass that and just... In this situation, if you know you're dealing with someone like this, be boring. Just, mm-hmm. uh-huh, yeah, sure, everything's great, right? right mm-hmm. You know, and, and because that drives them nuts. And they're going to do all, if, if that's how, if you, also, if you want to get revenge, yeah, it's not cursing them out. It's being boring because all oh, they can't stand No reaction. It. They can't fucking stand right. it. Okay. You know, so, um, next, um, exploitative of others to achieve personal gain. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> now, a big that one. that could be something just as simple as, like, well, we've talked about, like, sexual stuff or whatever. Like, they want what they want, and it can be exploitative and and. They want what they want when they want manipulative. it. Manipulative. But, right. like, in this bigger scheme of, like, Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there that's some grand scale exploitation going on, you know. Definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um okay, envious of others. Um yeah. Or that people envy them. You were just speaking about that. Too. The belief like, that others are equally mm-hmm. envious of them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I I haven't seen that too much. I have a Yeah. I don't know. Um what else? And what pompous and arrogant demeanor. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That makes I, sense. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. The other thing, too, is there are I there are two broad categories, I suppose. There's covert and overt. And overt is someone we all know and hate, uh, the current orange op- occupants of the White House. I don't say right? his name. Right. And I'm not going to say it out of respect for you. Good. But... <laughs> Um, that person is very overt. Yes. And, and I, and extremely I, to, overtly to, narcissistic to, to a large degree. What you see is what you get, but that's not entirely true. I believe that he's even worse to his family. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, definitely. He, and here's the other thing. They rage like, oh my God. Well here. Okay. Here's another very key thing. Um, someone who's like narcissistic personality disorder or close to it. Um, they are emotionally stunted at about three or four years old. Yes. So that part yes. of their their emotional capabilities never developed. So a child of that age, if you take away his toy, he's going to have a shit fit, mm-hmm. right? And so now you see a grown-ass man having a tantrum. Oh, I saw it yes. so many times. And it's, it's fucking scary, first of all. And it's also like, what the fuck is going on here this is this is something really basic this does not warrant this right. kind of reaction exactly. like if someone fucking blows up your car you might want to lose your shit you know what i mean or whatever something something big you know but something totally small. it can like, be tiny no here's one a, a very interesting example right. uh he my ex-boyfriend was um, making a website for you know some endeavor he was doing, and it was a lot of work. It's a lot of work to make a website and create content and stuff like that. Agreed. And, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> you fuck up. Um, you fat finger it. You make a typo. Sure. Your formatting's off a little bit, and you don't notice it because you've been staring at this thing all day. 
And and I so I offered to proofread his website for him because you know, yeah, you make mistakes, it's fresh eyes. I'll say, oh, okay, yeah, there's uh, two spaces before the period, whatever, something, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this was, uh, you know, I'm good at that kind of stuff, and I, I wanted to help him, right? right? He went off on me. He fucking uh. yelled at me and kicked me out of his house because how dare I suggest that he's not perfect? Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? But he, yeah. like, lost his shit. Now, it probably goes back to, it's either something else, which that's what it does, it kind of, brings up a prior narcissistic injury is what they call it but something that happened right. to you that caused you shame or something uh that wounded your ego yes in in and it could have been like 30 years ago or whatever but it it brings it back up that yeah whatever that and also i think he took an opportunity to be a dick to me right you know i i, I don't no one will ever know but um but that you know that kind of thing is the, ugh, the rage so anyway back to the orange guy <laughs> Oh God! And then there's there's um, people who are I think these people in his family are long term victims of narcissistic abuse, and that's the Stockholm syndrome, and they become like their captor. Yeah, so, and they may you know, not even they they don't even know what's going on. No, they don't. I don't yeah. think so. I think, but I think that Ivanka is is very clever, and she knows what she needs to do to manipulate him to save her own self. Sure. I think she's pretty smart, but I but then sometimes she says some really dumb shit, but. Um, but you know what I mean? Like that, I think, is is how she takes care of herself by kind of preemptively dealing with him. Well, doesn't know? she also, she tries to be like the perfect child? Oh, yeah. Well, she's definitely the favorite by far. <laughs> I mean, here, you know. No, but that, I'm saying that's like a measure of protection for herself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, but but I think that they, that's something that they've learned to do over time is how to basically cock block any situation before it happens. And um, so they, then that's called um, fleas that I've, I've, what I've learned reading about this stuff where those narcissistic traits and, and uh, kind of behaviors mm-hmm. um, fall off of the, the original narcissist, I suppose. And these family members, this may or may not happen, but sometimes they pick up those things. Like they also become grandiose or they also become critical. They pick up little bits of the traits. Yeah. Yes. They, they might not have all of it. Some of them go in the opposite direction and they become I feel very like I depressed. Kind of had that, but, yeah. uh, when I was younger, I felt that I displayed a lot of extremely narcissistic traits, especially when I was a teenager. Yeah. But I mean, teenagers are narcissistic yeah, but it, inherently. Yeah, but if but I feel yeah. like I had a lot of traits that I could definitely attribute to my parent who was narcissistic so yeah and and well and i learned those are behaviors (laughs) that i learned and picked up on and now that i'm like self-aware of what was happening like looking back on it it makes sense that i that i was the way i was right yeah i mean you're just a kid what do you know you know you're just doing what you thought is is how it goes right so i mean obviously don't be self like don't beat yourself up i know you don't but but I think that's really huge that you just like admitted that, oh, I was kind of a pain in the ass as a teenager. I mean, we all were, but you know specifically why. And now right. you're like, cool, I'm trying to not do that anymore. Sure. You know, yeah, that's a big thing. And But they will never be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they just can't possibly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, there's a lot of, uh, if you want to go over that list at all, you can Google narcissistic traits or NPD Um if, if anybody wants to read about those. Did you have a, a reference stuff. for those? Well, there's a link here that we can put somewhere later. And I'll put the link several. on the description of the podcast. There's several, yeah. Um, 
And well, anyway, so most narcissists are covert, which is kind of what we're talking about before, maybe about Russell Simmons or something. Sure. They are outwardly to the public seem pretty normal, seem even like a great guy. But exactly. But then, yeah, with their family, they're like any other underneath they, that and, there's yeah, a there's, there's a monster yeah there's yes. the rage sometimes you see their mask slip in right. in public or or something and um sure. or and maybe sometimes other people will see something happen they're like that's why i would venture know, to say know. a lot of these guys who are being accused of uh abuse are, are those types of people like they're they're covert sure and that they, yeah they portray something that is not who they really are to the world yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we all do that to some extent. I mean, nobody knows how much mm. of a fucking slob I am at home, but you know, I mean, that kind of thing, right? You know, but no, with me, what but, you see is what you get, baby. One hundred percent honest. I mean, but I, no, I understand. I I try to be like that. Too. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not an open book for any. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell everybody everything about myself. Sure. but I try to have integrity, um, and and you know, not be too fake i guess right so um so let's talk know. about our personal experiences of, of with narcissism and oh one other thing they do sure. not respect boundaries oh yeah no respect for boundaries they, and well, he, that could go for he a lot even of told me it's in my nature to push boundaries he said that to you it, uh, yeah hmm. in an email but yeah because i was like that was a boundary and you blah 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 you did this and and that yeah he said that and yeah constant and overstepping of boundaries the, the yes. thing too is okay i guess what's what's my part in this what's your part in this right. too like well, we're uh, gonna yeah, get into yeah. that yeah okay so, so um <laughs> what else okay so like? the stuff i wanted to talk about so i mean so you were saying that you don't really did you didn't have a narcissistic parent or anything like that i i don't believe or so. any I, early exposure to a narcissist I, in your family i don't think so i think i was very fortunate um your parents are psychologically healthy uh, yeah, you know, I <laughs> not think, to like sound. I want to say rude that. Or yeah, anything. no, Just I asking. think I think they generally are. However, they're of the generation where you don't believe in therapy, and that's, oh, definitely, that's like a, baby boomers. Yeah, yeah, okay. and that's a thing that's a weakness. And I, yeah, I think that's something that's really important, especially for people you know in our age range, thirties. Um, <laughs> well, I thought you were twenty six. Right, I'm 26. And I'm 27. Um, yeah, so if anybody from the age of 26 to 27, this applies to you. Um, yeah, so if you are if you do have parents who are of the baby boomer gener- generation, I think there is a significant lack of respect for psychology, psychotherapy, yeah. or any sort of real serious like self-improvement. Yeah, I think my mother has grown a bit with Baby that. boomers are very selfish. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think my parents are pretty cool. Um, I I I think that my father kind of has had some uh, depression, but not like mine. I here's the thing: I'm not close with him, but I sure. I know that. Um, I had a cousin who was killed by a drunk driver when mm-hmm. I was probably about seven years old, and um, I talking to him later, he mentioned that you know that really fucked him up for a while. Um, the grief and depression and stuff and um and then later on uh his second wife died um and they weren't together that like they well she had a baby and then six months later she died and so that was a whole thing and so you know i think my father has had a rough life too like Mm -hmm. um he 
he didn't graduate from high school. And when I was younger, I couldn't understand that. But then I realized, okay, like he went to Catholic school in the fifties and his mother died when he was 11 years old. Like I don't fucking blame him. You know, like I get that. I get that. And so I think, yeah, maybe there's been some, it's just cultural too, like a lot of drinking. Mm -hmm. And, and I think he's a much better now, but like that there's a cultural component to drinking too, where I'm from anyway. And, um, so there's that. And then I think my mom is, you know, she's been through some shit too, but I think she's pretty good. Like she's, she's certainly never talked about it. So I think that she's just a lucky person <laughs> right? to not have the kind of brain that wants to go there in, into depression. Mm-hmm. Cause my brother and I have both been dealing with depression. And, um, I think that is also generational. It's genetic. I'm mean, a tendency yeah. towards depression. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I've been, that's in my on, family. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for sure but i also think that like we just have more shit to worry about these days i i hate to say that i and and maybe that sounds like really ignorant but um i don't know i just you know i i know they struggled with money and stuff but god the cost of living has gotten so much worse (laughs) right and and everything along with it yeah so my experience though is a little bit different where i would say that i had a parent he was definitely overtly narcissistic yeah and that was my father. <laughs> and my father, I mean, oh God, I mean, well, first off, he was an alcoholic, you yeah. know, and and yeah. he definitely raged constantly. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, as far as the type of communication that happened in my household, it was all yelling. Like, oh. yes. So, I mean, and he would rage about tiny things. I'm not even kidding you. I mean, it could be the littlest thing that would just set you off and immediately he would be yelling and there was like so much cursing he'd be like well fuck you fuck this fuck that you know he'd say wow. that to my mom he'd talk to her like she was shit you know that that's what i was exposed to as just um you know a parent who was clearly so <laughs> I, I mean i i would say and i've talked about this before is that my father, the impression I got of my father is that he never wanted to be a father or a husband or anything like that. Yeah, and possibly. he felt resentful of the fact that he had us. Yeah. You know, and that's the impression that I get. And you know what? That's fine. You know, he never wanted to have kids, whatever. Fuck him. You know, I don't need to talk to him. Um, Yeah. But the treatment that I experienced from my father at an early age, it kind of reinforced in me. And this is stuff I still talk about in therapy. Now it made me feel as though I was undeserving and unworthy of love. Okay. And I had instilled within me just low self-esteem and it didn't help that when I went to school every day, I got made fun of by kids. So I was like being teased at school. Yeah. You know, having. And then you go home. Nobody at school. And then yeah. I, I go home and then I really have nobody to get love from. I mean, my mom is a loving person. Yes. But when my father, um, I mean, it was so obvious that she was in a narcissistically abusive relationship. I mean, now looking back on it. Right. I'm able to say that she was in that that horrible situation. Right. And through most of my childhood, I remember her being extremely depressed. I remember her being in bed for hours. Oh, really? Yes. Like clinically depressed. And now she's not really like that anymore. Because he's gone, right? (laughs) He's gone. Yeah. And her mental health has obviously improved. Good. You know, but I just remember him being extremely verbally and emotionally abusive towards her. 
you know, he would say, you know, mean things about her weight, you know, just, oh, and that's another thing. Um, yeah, I, 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 I grew up with, uh, body image problems, um, because my father, he would always like criticize me and my sister for our weight. And he would tell us that we had to lose weight. Um, you know, I remember one time I was telling him like a, a story I was excited about telling him. Yeah. And you know what he said? At the conclusion of the story, this is what he said. I remember he like took a pause and he looked at me and he goes, what's going on with your stomach? <laughs> and he, and he wow. was like, he was like, you got to get rid of that. Wow. You got to get rid of well, that see, stomach. That's, that's the thing. Right. And yeah, and yeah, I yeah. felt completely just like shit. I'm like getting upset thinking about it right now. Because he didn't see you as a person. You <laughs> were an extension see. of him. You know, you were a, even yes. as a child. Arm and candy. my father, my father had obs- obsessions about his own body. He was yeah. obsessed with, he was very thin. Oh yeah. And he was always obsessed with trying to gain weight. That's ironic. Oh no, no my ex-boyfriend <laughs> was like that too. I guess when he was younger, he was a very skinny guy and always felt weird about that. And he definitely had a thing. Here's how much of a thing he had about being skinny. Was mm-hmm. he, he finally gained weight and he's like an average size uh male now but he he thought that my dog was too skinny and she's a thin dog but he started feeding her more jesus like when whenever i was at his place and and she gained some weight now this dog is seven pounds okay like and you gain a half a pound when you're a a, a thing that small that's kind of a lot Mm -hmm. and so like i mean i don't know how much weight she gained but here's what happened she gained uh, whatever amount of weight in uh quickly and then her muscles were not used to carrying around that weight i mean she didn't she looked different to me but she she definitely looked healthy she didn't look like you know a chunky dog but like she hurt herself jumping on things then she's peeing blood and I'm like, oh, my God, did she have a kidney problem? What's going on? And I was reading about it. Well, that's something that can happen in dogs when they strain their abdomen. Mm-hmm. And I, so that was 350 bucks at the vet. Right. To find out she strained her abdomen. And and it's because she mm-hmm. gained too much weight. Yeah. Every narcissist like, I've but, dealt but with. But that was his shit. Yeah. Every narcissist I've dealt with has had, like, extreme problems with body image. Oh, yeah, yeah. And totally. it's all it's all about them. Yeah. And the fact that he put this on me, it deeply affected me. I, when I was 14 or 15... I was still, I was the same height I was now. I was like five foot 10. Yeah. And I was, I, but see, here's how thin I was. I was, I wore a size four in Abercrombie jeans. Wow. Okay. So I was really tall and thin, but to my parents, I wasn't thin enough. Oh my God. And they would always like tell me I needed to lose weight. And this was like the, I mean, I, and I didn't weigh very much at all. You're a teenager. You're going to change. And I was really tall, you know, and they were just like so critical of everything. Oh my God. So I would literally, I would eat like, okay. So at school I was afraid to eat in the cafeteria because I got made fun of so much. So I would either like go eat with my theater teacher (laughs) or I would like barely eat. Like I remember there were days where I would just eat one apple all day at school. Wow. And then I would go home and eat dinner. And I would definitely say that this was disordered eating. It yeah. was an eating disorder and it's in its most basic form. I've talked about this with my therapist. And then also when I was a kid, even before I, you know, was trying to like starve myself into being thin. Um, I remember, I remember when I was little, I would like sneak food a lot. And oh. and now thinking about, and it was because my, my mom, no, my dad was just like, if 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 I had food near me, he would like say that I was going to be fat and that he would have to roll me. 
You're looking Osmosis. at me. You guys, I know this is sounding. I know you guys are probably recoiling at some of the things I'm saying, but Woo. this is how this is how I was treated as a child, and this is how what formed me into the adult I am. Okay, this is a lot of insight. Okay, but he would actually <laughs> say, "If you don't stop eating, I'm gonna have to roll you to school." <laughs> he said that. Wow! Like no, like Violet Beauregard in Willy Wonka. Oh. <laughs> 